No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see that Israel is under great distress, so the people call out to return to the Lord, but their repentance is insincere. God desires loyal love and the knowledge of Him more than sacrifice. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Hosea chapter 6 on Simply the Bible. Many years ago, I was doing street evangelism in downtown Boise, and I spoke with a man who was evidently an alcoholic and under the influence. And so I shared with him about God's love and what Christ did for him in dying for his sins on the cross to free him of his sins, and his eyes began to fill with tears. And then he said, I know I should stop drinking, but it didn't seem to me like there was any effort being made to actually turn from alcohol and become sober. And I realized at that moment that there are some people who are sorry for their sins, but they're not repentant. There may be many reasons why someone would be sorry. Maybe they're sorry that they've been caught or they're sorry because of the miserable consequences that they are now in because of their sins. But are they sorry over the sin itself? Are they genuinely repentant that they have eternally offended a holy God? And do they grieve over what their sins cost Jesus to die in their place? The nation of Israel was experiencing the dreadful consequences of turning away from the Lord and then worshiping other gods. And now she was expressing sorrow over her situation. But was she genuinely repentant? We continue in Hosea chapter 6. Come and let us return to the Lord, for he has torn, but he will heal us. He has stricken, but he will bind us up. Come and let us return to the Lord. Now, on the surface, that sounds good. So was Israel ready to acknowledge that she had sinned against Yahweh? Was she ready to stop her infidelity and come home to her husband? Well, back in chapter 2, the Lord brought charges against his wife Israel. And he said in verse 7, She will chase her lovers, but not overtake them. Yes, she will seek them, but not find them. Then she will say, I will go and return to my first husband. For then it was better for me than now. Her harlotry with other gods would leave her empty and spent. So she would long to return home to the Lord but there was no indication that she actually returned. So God said that he would take away her grain, new wine, wool, and linen. He also would cause her feast days to cease and then punish her for burning incense to the Baals. Later, God would punish Israel by allowing them to be conquered by the Assyrians and then going into captivity. Therefore, it seems that this call of the people of Israel to return to the Lord was intense but not sincere. Israel was sorry for the consequences she was suffering, but she was not truly repentant. She wanted to go back to her husband without any acknowledgement of her sin. There are many people today who think that they can approach God this way. They speak about trusting God and they seek his healing, 
but there is no conviction and no confession of their sins. There is no repentance manifested by godly sorrow over their sins. There's no self-loathing for what they've done. They lack determination to completely forsake their sins. Now, in my 34 years of being a pastor, I have observed that there is remorse for sin's consequences without necessarily repentance over sin's wickedness. This was the condition of Israel. They spoke sweet-sounding words, but their hearts were unbroken. Verse 2, After two days he will revive us. On the third day he will raise us up, that we may live in his sight. Israel thought that her restoration would happen quickly. In just a matter of days, she would be back home and everything would be as it had been before. Let us know. Let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is established as the morning. He will come to us like the rain, like the latter and former rain to the earth. They thought if they pursued the knowledge of the Lord, then he would come to them as surely and as quickly as the dawning of a new day. He would come like the rain to revive and restore them. But God had heard that song before. O Ephraim, what shall I do to you? O Judah, what shall I do to you? For your faithfulness is like a morning cloud, and like the early dew it goes away. Therefore I have hewn them by the prophets, I have slain them by the words of my mouth, and your judgments are like light that goes forth. What shall I do to you? That's the heart of a broken-hearted husband and a broken-hearted father. Israel led the way in infidelity, but Judah was on her heels. Now, they were saying that God would be as faithful to them as the rising sun, but God said that their faithfulness was like the morning dew that quickly evaporates. And so the Lord had sent his prophets to cut away their sins with his words, but they refused to listen. The words that were intended to correct them only hardened them in their transgressions because they were unwilling to repent. God sent his judgments against them, such as letting them be overtaken by their enemies and then bringing drought and famine upon the land. These were intended to illuminate their path back to him, but they continued to love the deeds of darkness. For I desire mercy and not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. But like men, they transgressed the covenant. There they dealt treacherously with me. What was it that the Lord truly desired from them? He wanted their mercy and loyal love. He wanted them to be tender-hearted toward their husband and toward one another. He desired this rather than sacrifices. He simply wanted them to come back to him in earnest and acknowledge their sins so that he could then show them his mercy. The Lord also desired that they would truly know him. They were chasing after dead idols, but they did not truly know their God. They didn't know his holiness, omnipresence, loving kindness, power, and justice. He wanted them to know him far more than he wanted their burnt offerings. Now, after David had sinned with Bathsheba and was busted for it, 
He wrote in Psalm 51, For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. David understood that God was not so much looking for sacrifices as for a truly broken and contrite heart, one who was genuinely repentant over his sins. But the Lord said Israel had dealt treacherously with him. They transgressed their covenant with the Lord and would not turn back to him in earnest. Verse 8, Gilead is a city of evildoers and defiled with blood as bands of robbers lie in wait for a man. So the company of priests murder on the way to Shechem. Surely they commit lewdness. I have seen a horrible thing in the house of Israel. There is the harlotry of Ephraim. Israel is defiled. And so Gilead was the area that was east of the Jordan River. You've heard of the Balm of Gilead. It was known for that. But instead of the Balm of Gilead, it was now known for its wickedness, its bloodshed, and the fact that the people would lie in ambush and wait uh, as bands of robbers. Um, also, the, even the priests were murdering on the way to Shechem and committing lewdness with their idolatry and their worship of idols. And so God said, I have seen this horrible thing in the house of Israel and that Israel is defiled. And so God had put up with this for so long, but now uh, his patience was running out and soon they would go into captivity by Assyria. Also, O Judah, a harvest is appointed for you when I return the captives of my people. And so, you know, Judah was sort of taking notes at what Israel was doing and following in her idolatry, and she would undergo a harvest of judgment as well. It would happen a little over 100 years later, but then, of course, Judah would go into Babylonian captivity. And, uh, but that would be temporary because after 70 years, God would bring them back and, and replant them into the land. Now, all of this, I believe, really has a lot to say to us where we are at as a nation here in the United States. You see, all that God gave to Israel, the amazing heritage that they had, and we had a, an amazing heritage as our nation was formed on godly principles and for the purpose of evangelizing the natives here. That's really why our nation was established. And yet we see that even though we say in God we trust on our money and we talk about God and all of that, are we really repentant over our sins? Are we really going to God's word and letting our hearts be ripped to the core as we see how far we have strayed away from the word of God and how we have gone our own way? And yet we want God to heal. We want God to answer our prayers. But really, are we broken over our sins? Are we confessing our sins and humbling ourselves before God and doing what he says if we genuinely want to see revival? Listen, I don't think there's any hope for our nation apart from revival, but I don't see revival happening until we get serious with God and allow God to break us over those things that we have done against him, where we, like Israel, have offended a holy God. And until we acknowledge that and come 
to terms with uh, where we have fallen short, I do not see that we're going to experience revival. And yet that is the only thing that I see uh, can give any hope to our nation and to stop us from this terrible downward spiral that we are currently on. So I would just like us to, to close in prayer today. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for your words of truth in your scripture. And Lord, we would have to say that we have fallen far, far away from your standard of righteousness. God, I pray that you would bring conviction of sin by your Holy Spirit. I pray that we would acknowledge our sins, that we would not be like Israel and just say, oh yeah, let's turn back to God, but really do nothing to get rid of our sins. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you'd bring a genuine conviction that we would turn from those things that displease your heart. Lord, that we would truly desire to know you. And Lord, that we would have mercy and loving kindness for you and for one another. Lord, we know that you desire that far more than any sacrifice we could bring to you. So we ask these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, check out our Simply the Bible podcast, and please leave us a review. That helps a lot. Tomorrow we will see where the Lord exposes the iniquity of Ephraim. They are hot like an oven, but they do not return to Yahweh. Instead, they rely on the nations in futility. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Hosea on Simply the Bible.